0: For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hi everyone. Today we carry on looking at Matthew 5 and the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, I I love the Sermon on the Mount. I I love the whole the whole idea, this this picture of of what it means and what it looks like to be um, to be a child of God, to be a follower of Jesus. And, and what the kingdom of God looks like, or, or should look like uh, in our lives and, and to other believers around us. But probably like has already been said, I find it, I find it incredibly tough. I find the standard that, that Jesus, maybe expects is the wrong word, but that Jesus uh, articulates is incredibly difficult. You know, we think of, of the Old Testament law and just the impossibility that, that um, it was unattainable, to, to keep the law was unattainable, and, and really pointed us to Jesus and yet this standard is is so much higher isn't it you know in Old Testament law it was obviously wrong in the ten Commandments it was wrong to murder <laughs> and it still is uh, thou shalt not murder but but Jesus brings it even closer to home doesn't it and, and considers you know even being angry and, and thinking wrong things so you, you've, you've, you're committing murder same with adultery it's wrong to commit adultery but but, but just to think lustful thoughts is, is adultery. So the standard is, is incredibly high. It's, it's far too high, isn't it? And, and that's, that's the, the challenge, but also the beauty of, of the Sermon on the Mount. And the verses that I've been given, um, Matthew 5, 38 to 48, so 10 verses um, are, are, are equally like that. And, and really it's, it's, uh, it, it's kind of justice, the Old Testament law of justice, an eye for an eye, and um, c- compared to the, the the law of jesus of, of grace and love and mercy and so on so let me read these verses and then we'll uh, we'll take a little look at this so verse 38 you've heard it said and that's a that's a phrase that so often jesus uses on the sermon on the mount you've heard it said in other words this is what it says in the law or the old testament but this is what i say so you've heard it said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth but i tell you do not resist an evil person If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him, the other also. If someone wants wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Pretty tough. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be the sons of the Father of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? And even are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your father in heaven is perfect. So incredibly tough standard isn't it you know to to love your enemy it's and and as as jesus says here you know it's easy to to love those who love us but how much harder to love those who who don't love us or who are our enemies um and i and i remember many years ago uh, um my, my mother's irish she was irish she she grew up in belfast and um often talked about the troubles maybe some of you don't know what went on or still kind of goes on in some ways but um the sectarian killings and bombings that that, that happened for many years and kind of goes on in a in a in a in a different way now, but I kind of as a child as a as a kid really grew up uh, w- with that happening in the background and, and my mum and uh, knowing you know relatives who lived in Belfast and Coleraine and, and the northern I- different parts of Northern Ireland and we would holiday there as well and and to go to Ireland during those times where um, there was there was you know um, armed forces on the streets. It was sort of strange but but in some ways normal and and in thinking about the sermon on the mount i i it reminded me of of uh, of a particular man a guy called gordon wilson and we used to holiday on Loch Ern, which is a uh, kind of a, a beautiful lake that, that kind of straddles northern ireland and the republic of ireland and right in the middle of of the upper and lower uh, Loch is a is a town called ellis and and we would have gone there many times and and um, and I remember hearing on the news it was it was 8th of November Remembrance Day in the UK, uh, 1987, and there was a, a horrific bombing. Um, the, the the as as they would have done for many years, people gathered at the memorial in Enniskillen on the 8th, uh, and the IRA set off a bomb that killed 11 and, and wounded about 60 others. And there was a man called uh, Gordon Wilson who was there with his his daughter Marie, and uh, and they they. Were, were involved in the, they were, they were buried in rubble as a result of the bombing. And a BBC interview afterwards, uh, he, he survived. She, she actually died uh, while holding his hand. This is the interview. In an interview with the BBC, Wilson described with anguish his last conversation with his daughter and his feelings towards her killers. She held my hand tightly and gripped me as hard as she could. She said, Daddy, I love you very much. Those were her exact words to me, and those were her last words I ever heard her say. To the astonished listeners, Wilson went on to add, "'But I bear no ill will. I bear no grudge. Dirty sort of talk is not going to bring her back to life. She was a great wee lassie. She loved her profession. She was a pet. She's dead, she's in heaven, and we shall meet again. I will pray for these men tonight and every night.'" And uh, that's quite incredible, isn't it? That he bears no ill will towards those who just hours before had killed his daughter. I can't imagine that. And I remember hearing about it at the time. Um, and then as, I, as, I, as it came to mind in looking at these verses, I immediately thought of him. And I remember that on the news. It, 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 it really, it was astonishing to, to us as a nation that, that this man would have such forgiveness. But, but actually, that's in a sense, that's what Jesus is asking for here. An incredible standard. Standard to to love your enemy, to actually bear no ill will towards some these, these people who had, had killed his daughter, and I think that's a God thing, isn't it? That's that's not something that we can muster, um, you know, through through human effort. And and when I looked more into his life, he, he was a strong believer. He was a Methodist, and and loved the Lord, and and it, and actually had a big impact. He he actually ended up meeting the IRA. Some of the leaders of the IRA. He he met with uh, other political leaders and uh, and really sought for peace. And 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 his these words and his life after this event um, really uh, really probably helped towards the peace process. So incredibly difficult words here, but but actually attainable. And I, and I, I want to suggest two reasons why we can we can live this way, like like Gordon did. Uh, and and as as Jesus is is asking us or or expressing what the kingdom of God is like. And I think firstly, we we can only do this as we think of the backdrop of what Jesus has done for us, that we recognize what he has saved us from. And in a sense, like it says in Romans five, we were enemies of Christ. So we were enemies of God and then Christ died for us. So we've got to recognize that that we we were saved having been enemies of God. He loved us so much that he gave his son, and actually gave his son's life for us, that we could be saved. So we have, we have, we have to, in order for us to even think about living the way that Jesus is telling us here, we've got to recognise what he's done for us. That he, we were his enemies. He he has saved us from that. He's forgiven us, and and if you remember his example as well, Jesus on the cross in Luke 23. He, he, as he's being beaten you know he's being beaten he's being flogged he's being spat upon he's being hit in the face and he says father forgive them for they do not know what they've done and and we we, we look back two thousand years and think well they did that to Jesus but actually we have done that to Jesus our conduct our sin uh, in a sense we've spat on him we've we've beaten him we've we've hurt him our sin our lifestyle hurts God so we have to remember what he's done for us because he's done this for us we can do this for others and and i like what it, what peter says it's a very similar thing in first peter 21 and and really if you, we, we think of how can we how can we live this way the way that jesus is telling us i think partly because we have to recognize what he's done for us but all, also secondly recognize he's given us he's he's shown us that example um in, in that he has forgiven us even while we hear he's his enemies and Peter kind of sums it up he says to this you were called because Christ suffered for you leaving you an example that you should follow his steps he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth when they hurled their insults at him he did not retaliate when he suffered he made no threats instead he entrusted himself to him who judges justly he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed." So what a credible example Jesus set for us. You know, a, a, as, as a perfect man, God um, insults hurled at him, beaten, flogged, and so on, and he didn't retaliate. So we, we have to recognize, I think, for us to, to, to want to live that kingdom of God way, we've got to recognize what he's done for us. That he's, he's dragged me out of the muck and mire He's put me on a firm place he's shown me an example of, of this what this looks like and I and I don't think we can muster it up it's not something we can try and do ourselves we can only do it in light of what he has done for us and his his life living in us that he actually lives within us and his his desire is is for 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 him to be able to live through us um, and, and i I think that's so evident in in the life of Gordon Wilson and his forgiveness and and uh, his His thoughts towards those IRA killers who killed his daughter. I, I, I'm reminded too of the of the parable in, in Matthew eighteen of the unmerciful servant. If you remember, this this uh, servant is brought be- before the master and the servant owes lots of money. He owes way more, you know it's an incredible amount of money that, that he can't pay and and basically begs the master to forgive him and, and cancel the debt, which which the master does, you know, incredibly out of kindness. He says, okay, I cancel your debts. You're free to go. But that man, as he, as he goes about his life or goes, goes back into daily life, he meets somebody who owes him. So somebody who actually owes him money and he help, help throttles him by the throat and says, you need to pay up what you owe. And the, the man who had forgiven him hears of this and, uh, and says, why didn't you forgive? I forgave you. Why didn't you forgive um, the one who owed you? And that's kind of a wake-up call, isn't it? That's, that reminds me of the Sermon on the Mount that, That we have been forgiven we have been loved when we were God's enemies so we should do likewise and then really lastly Paul says a similar thing if you look in Colossians chapter 3 and into chapter 4 he says Paul says since you died with Christ put to death these things and then he says since you've been raised with Christ put on these things and I think that's the in a sense that's that's the Christian life in a nutshell um, when we think of Old Testament law, that we had these, these standards that, that needed to be kept in order to, um, to, to be accepted by God, to be saved by God. But it's so different, isn't it? The, the, the gospel of, of, of Jesus, the gospel of, of grace and love, is that, that he does it. He's already done it. He's completed it. And because of that, then we can live this way. So the Sermon on the Mount, as difficult as it is to read and as high as the standards are, it's really only possible because of what he has done for us. I think if we try and do it ourselves, it, it is merely human effort and, and we'll, we'll fail. But if we allow God to, to work through us what he has done for us, then perhaps, perhaps we can be, as, as the beginning of the Sermon Mount, that we can be light in a dark world. We can be salt in an unsavory world. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, for what you have done for us. That that you you saved us when we were when we had our backs turned to you when we were in the muck and mire when we were your enemies, that you loved us so much that you gave your son to die for us. Thank you that you've forgiven us that you've given us life. Father, would you live that life through us so that we can be an example to the world of 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 God followers of those who are part of the kingdom of God. That. People won't look at us and say, wow, you're great, but will look at us and recognize that, that we have a great God who lives in us. Father, we don't know how to do it. I, I don't know how to love my enemies. I don't know how to turn my cheek, but would you do that through me and through us today? In your name, amen.